0: And now we do. Uh, and we are good to go.
1: Oh, recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, across the nation or around the world. Once again, you are listening to the VMware Community's Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 417. My name is Eric Nelson. and with me, I have my regular co-host, uh, John White. John, today is March 21st,
0: 2019. How are you doing today? Doing really well. Color of the Bay Report. When I looked off to my right, it was blue, like that deep sea blue, and when I looked off to my left, it was green as I was crossing the San Mateo Hayward Bridge. Really, uh, really weird. I don't understand how that happens. I don't understand how colors work, but there you go, Color of the Bay Report yeah it is a beautiful
1: sunny california day today we've had some rain and some sun so i'm really happy about that i got to tell you i went to the toronto user group meeting and it is still freezing cold up in the the great white north (laughs) it was like 30 degrees windy felt like it was negative 15. i just feel i feel so lucky i feel if you're listening to this in a cold climate i i I apologize for the planet being cold (laughs) in places because it is it is really miserable and you know, in places where it's like still below 30, it's like, oh man, we are so lucky here. Yeah, yeah,
0: we <laughs> yeah. do pay those taxes, but
2: um, yeah, we
1: do, we do, is. we do pay the taxes. On the show today, we're going to be talking about security in the public cloud with Sean Odell. He is a senior staff uh, native cloud advocate uh, on Bill Shetty's team. We've had Bill on the show. Today we have uh, Sean on the show. So, Sean, welcome to the show. We're seeing you on live stream. So hey guys, out on the YouTube and Facebook land. Always good to see you. We've got Sean capturing him on the video. Sean, uh, how's, how's the weather where, where you are?
2: So I am in the great state of Texas. Yes, it's better than California, sorry. Uh, and it is nice and sunny. And uh, I think it's a blistering 72, 73 degrees. And uh, speaking of the cold, when we wake up in the morning, it's like in the mid 40s. So we have this weird kind of paradigm, but uh, give us a month or so and we'll be hitting 100 or something like that. So I'll be ready to go back to California.
1: Very nice, I mean, it's better than Toronto. I had a great time up in Toronto and uh, it was a lot of fun. We did a VMUG user con where we took the VMware code and we did the Raspberry Pi um, lab where we gave away little OLED displays. I think we had about 150 people, we did three sessions and I gave away all 120 OLED displays that I brought plus uh, gave away a bunch of other sensors. So it was a lot of fun and uh, got everybody exposed to code uh, it was an interesting thing to go up uh, to Toronto and experience, you know, VMUG IT users. Uh, it, was, uh, it was great to get to know everybody, always uh, different depending on where you go. Everybody had to dress up warm. Everybody came at 8 in the morning, spent all day there. It very felt non-California. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, okay. But it's also seeing IT practitioners, you know, it's good to get out and, Uh, Engage with everybody and we had a good time and uh, had a lot of great questions and had a lot of fun uh, with with raspberry Pi's, And so uh, couldn't ask for that. We're going to do some more of them. Uh, We're going to package it up and try to send them out to um, uh, Vmug meetings so people can kind of do that as a a hands-on experience during the Vmug meeting and I'm sure you have a chance for me to do your uh, raspberry Pi session Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. We did three of them and and had 150 people come through, uh, got some clapping at, at the main event when they asked, you know, did they like, you know, they, they went through, how did you like this, how did you like that? When they hit the code thing, everybody got up, and, you know, like a graffiti of them cheered. Right? Hey. So, so got some good feedback from VMUG leadership that they would love to have us, you know, package them up and do more of them. And we are going to go down to Orlando and do them. Uh, we have some funner things we're, we're going to do as well. There is a way to do... Uh, Kubernetes on uh, on Raspberry Pi, so oh, wow. yeah, we'll tie that. So we're tying them into IoT right now, where you you know set up sensors and get IoT data, you know, data back from the sensors, and then you can upload them to Wavefront. Um, so teaching people about what we're doing with Wavefront, what we're doing with IoT Pulse, uh, and you know managing small device drivers and that kind of stuff. But then uh, also we're looking at doing a Kubernetes one. Uh, and we've been working with the Kubernetes team. Sean is part of that. Uh, the whole IT uh, the developer services kind of market, PKS on cloud, uh, Bill Shetty and those guys. But we're also thinking about how we could tie it back into Raspberry Pi. And you can make a small Raspberry Pi uh, uh, Kubernetes cluster. So that would kind of, yeah, kind, of kind of be fun yeah. to do that. So we'll take a look at some of that. And, what's amazing uh, is that you didn't say
0: Easter once. And all of those things <laughs> like, yeah we're still talking about Miami, right? <laughs> yeah wow yeah
1: so so uh, yeah. great to
0: get out on the road and travel was there a, is there a poutine report did you uh get Ooh. a poutine while you were in canada
1: what is poutine
0: oh my goodness what is poutine yeah, it's, poutine? Not, very uh, it's french, french not very good french french fries very good uh cheese curds and then hot gravy No,
1: no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do that, I Uh, I definitely had a a sausage, that was the most exotic thing I actually ate, other than that I had an Italian meal, Um, it was cold, so I didn't, I just basically huddled from one place (laughs) to the next, granted I flew in on a Monday, Uh, international travel was not too bad, Uh, they got the passport system down pretty well, flew in on a Monday, went to the venues, set up in the, that evening, you know, showed up Tuesday morning at 7 Mm a.m., did all day, packed up at, you know, 6 p.m. at night, put everything back in suitcases, and flew out Wednesday morning, right, Right. and flew back, so it was a pretty tight schedule.
0: Yikes, okay. 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 you didn't have a whole lot of time. It's interesting to, to get all this talk about the weather, like, you know, we're here in Northern California, but it's, like, as you said, it's a sunny day, it's probably in the, like, uh 70s i would say probably yeah, right now yeah just set, 68. set the stage yeah. for everybody we're in a we're in a glassed-in corner office it's fairly warm we're looking out and i can see a guy who's wearing earmuffs in northern california <laughs> in the 70s it's, it's that's the true weirdest we thing. are
1: we are spoiled because yeah I, I got down there and i didn't bring a hat and that was a, oh, mistake, a mistake right and i only had to walk like four or five blocks from, from where I was staying to, to the to Downtown downtown Convention Center, and I was still pretty cold, and I, I give people credit for living in that, that space and working working in the, in the cold areas where we're completely spoiled. All right, moving on. Uh, Corey, I don't know if we have anything to talk about for the experts. Uh, everything's going well, we did the announcements, and uh, we've got a lot of escalations, but uh, you guys have been processing them, and letting people in the program. Absolutely, you bet. Yeah, the only thing that we've, come up, uh, we've got coming up soon for the experts is uh, just keep an eye on your email. We've got uh, a couple
0: of presentations that we're going to do for V-Experts
1: um, from
0: various partners, so I'm, I'm busy lining those up. So uh, check your mail, and uh, I'll get that sent out in the next uh, week
1: or so. But, yeah. Yeah. We, did, we did get the uh, v expert trend report in mm-hmm. for the last four weeks, and uh, I think there was six or 7,000 uh, mentions. Tweets out in social for the experts. And if you look at the total amount of traffic for that same period, let's say a month period, uh, the the total amount is around 30,000. So we were around 20% of all total mentions uh, for VMware were the expert oriented mentions. So I know we trended in US for one day. So that was pretty cool. And uh, yeah.
0: yeah. You should uh if you're a brand new VExpert you should uh check your VExpert Twitter or uh join the Slack channel. There there's a I think uh, somebody who's uh if you attest that you're a V expert you can get a V expert polo. And
1: I, and I know we've been approving some of the what do we call when you when you ask appeals, to, appeals yeah yes. you've been approving a lot of appeals I think that the the key to an, a successful appeal is to show your passion and how much you want to work over the next six months
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: to to make that happen so I've seen a lot of appeals yes. get in yes. Yes. And, uh, and it's really about did you care enough so I kind of look you know if you've ever been waitlisted for college because I have four kids you get waitlisted if you actually want to get into the college. The key to a waitlist, right, getting off the waitlist, is to basically find professors, find people, reach out to them, engage with them, and tell them how excited you are about going to that university. If you don't do anything, you're not gonna ever get off the waitlist. But if you actually reach out and engage, this, a lot of times universities will let you in because they see that you actually really really cared, right? Um, and I think we're in that same boat, right? Where yeah, if you reach out and you really really do care, and you really we tell you why you might not have made the cut, and that you're willing to you know work on that, then you're going to get in, and we're going to do that apprentice badge, right? And then absolutely. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. We've seen some of that. We've also seen
1: some of. Uh, um, and some appeals come in where uh, you know they just explained a little bit deeper in detail over what they right. actually did, right. and uh, that just helped us help us understand doing. Cool, cool. John, before we get to Sean, one last thing. I think you guys, you you have you've been we haven't seen you in like uh, four weeks now. So yeah, um, uh, was the was your fan mail just to the ceiling? Yeah, I
0: you know I, I know I said every every time you don't need to print that out and uh, you don't you may even just forward it to me uh, this time. Didn't print it out, didn't forward me anything. Uh, and, and I guess what I'm saying is that I, I would prefer that you do print it out because it validates me, uh, it and validates that, you, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I just uh, didn't realize it until, wow. until this moment.
1: People were definitely talking to me, like, Did you kill him and put him in a box? We weren't sure where <laughs> we were, you know, what happened to John White. I'm like, I actually reached out to the community, going, If anybody sees him, let me know, right? Like, <laughs> we want to, we have to do an intervention and bring you back. It's been well, four
0: weeks. Yeah, yeah, I had um, uh, our tech summit, our annual tech summit for all the field tech people. Uh, we, all bring, we all come together, and then we go to the uh, worldwide kickoff at uh, the same time, and then I had two customer meetings, uh, two Wednesdays in a row. So,
1: um, we, do not, we do not get paid extra. It's not in our job role to do the weekly community podcast. It's just something that we manage to get together every time and and do. And with that, we will we will get to our main topic, which is security in the public cloud. Sean O'Dell, great to have you here. Nice to see you. Uh, Julia, thanks for doing all the video work. And uh, let's get the introduction. Who are you? How long have you been at VMware? And what have you done in the IT career uh, as you got out of college? What has been your journey?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Eric and, and John and Julia. Thanks for the, uh, thanks for the opportunity today. Really uh, excited about it. Before we get into who I am, I think uh, based upon the poutine conversation and some Twitter conversations that we have out there on what we now refer to as hashtag Dorks with Forks, I think we need a special cast, a special broadcast to talk about food within the community. That that would be an a, an awesome thing to do. So, um, just an idea for for future reference. Uh, no, uh, glad to be here. Uh, I've been with VMware a little over eight and a half years, and I'll kind of break that down because. First four and a half years uh, of my journey, I joined in 2010 uh, when VMware started the cloud management business unit, kind of took it to fruition. Uh, I covered, uh, at that time, uh, based out of Dallas, Fort Worth, I covered uh, Texas West uh, and then uh, kind of broke that category or territory down into, you know, central U.S. and a couple of other things. And I joined the the office of the CTO ambassador program. And then in 2015, I did leave VMware. I know, don't hold that against me. Uh, I joined uh, employee number 24 of a small startup that, we, uh, that, that was called Arkin, and we all now know it as v Realize Network Insight or Network Insight uh, because it was then acquired by VMware. Uh, and uh, for about eight or nine months after the acquisition, I, I focused on uh, the, the network and security business unit, uh, really traveling the globe, training systems engineers, working with customers, accounts, all that good stuff. And then uh, in early 2017, and uh, I joined Bill Shetty, Dan Illison, and uh, Guido Appenzeller on this thing that we now know as VMware Cloud Services. So, uh, they, you know, VMware is definitely a part of my part of my life, part of my journey. Um, and I think what's interesting, and in, as we talk about public cloud and the security today, uh, and security today, I'll actually take some experiences from the the time at Arkin, um, as well as the, the the time prior to joining VMware, where we where I was responsible for managing operating systems from a security perspective um and and ensuring pci compliance uh, SOX compliance hIPAA compliance all that good stuff and so i think it'll be a, a perfect opportunity to talk about uh security in the public cloud today
1: nice nice
2: uh
1: aside from vmware any other favorite jobs or technologies you've been involved with during your career
2: no, I've uh, really, I, I, I was on the customer side. I was a customer for, for a couple of years uh, before I joined oh, nice. VMware. So uh, other than the fact that I was a customer and, and I still hold that is, is a part of my everyday life uh, while obviously working at VMware, being on the vendor side, whether, you know, engineering side or sales engineering, which I did. And then obviously, you know, in the startup space and then uh, having been at VMware and now as an, as an advocate, as you mentioned, um, really I keep customers in mind I think it's you know really why our team Bill and Dan and I and we'll talk about the other guys as well why why we are really you know about our customers on their public cloud journey and so looking forward to the fun today
1: all right so um, let's get into multi-cloud and the cloud journey in general uh, you know can you give us kind of a summary of wh- where did this all start and? Uh... You know where where is it going? We always start with kind of the industry multi cloud, and then you can touch on security if you want to, and and then we'll we'll drill into some of the some of the aspects that that, that you want to talk about here. But maybe we should just do an overview. What does multi cloud mean to you guys, and uh, and what what is that? Where are we going here?
2: Yeah, absolutely. A uh, uh, kind of a funny anecdote. to, um, as John was mentioning, we have our VMware uh, Tech Summit, our internal Tech Summit. And uh, Tim Davis and I, I think everybody knows Tim, uh, we, we delivered a session along with John McLaughlin from our Cloud Health team. And uh, I actually introduced to the audience, there's probably, you know, uh, four or 500 folks in the room. And I actually said, we're not going to talk about vSphere today. Uh, and uh, got, I, got, I got some concerns. I got a few boos in there. But um, the, the reality is VMware uh, has been on a multi-cloud journey. Uh, if we go back to... When, uh, when myself and Dan joined the team in early 2017, really, you know Guido Appenzella and Bill Shetty, they, 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 uh, they were a part of the kind of the original team of taking VMware from what we all know and love, and, and obviously we're not changing our DNA and the hypervisor and where we've come from, but really there was a, a concern, there was a need, there was an, a, really an idea that our customers are using multiple clouds whether that is VMware's clouds, right, from a hybrid cloud perspective, VMware cloud on AWS, uh, native Azure, native Google. Um, and, 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 and in general, we wanted to, as, a, as an organization, build out really a platform, a set of solutions that, that treated every workload as a first-class citizen. And so when we joined this, uh, when Dan and I joined in early 2017, this is really the kind of the what, what I say for my journey of kind of where we, you know, where we were going to. And uh, kind of help make sense of that a little bit. When I went to Arkin um, during the Arkin days, we did everything from a from a from a solution and product perspective in the native public cloud. It, it ran in AWS. Um, our 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 uh, so, uh, solution was software as a service based. And so that that was really the time I kind of got it in me that man, there is something more. I know it. I know a lot of people get cringe when I say this. There's more to the world than just vSphere um and, and and not putting any discredit on vSphere, right? That's not what we're saying. But there are customers, there are you know cloud center of excellence teams. There's developers. There's application owners who are consuming infrastructure in a in a non-traditional fashion to us VMware folks. And so that's really where VMware started on this multi-cloud journey. And uh, I think as we get into today's you know topics, we'll see where we are, where we were then, and kind of where we're going to uh, in the next uh, eighteen, twenty-four months. So the, the journey has just right. begun.
1: Right. And I, and I look at our the journey where, you know, you talk about vSphere and, like, how, you know, people ask me that up at uh, the Toronto vMug, which is, like, why are you here? Why are you doing Raspberry Pi? Why, this isn't vSphere. This isn't vSAN. This isn't NSX. Why are yep. you here? And I, I spent time kicking cu- off, well, we've got, you know, a lot of different things, AWS. We have Wavefront. We've got IoT Pulse. We've got all these other products. That are actually building core IT infrastructure, you know, in a broader okay. sense, out in the cloud. And we kind of go to Cloud Health, you know, which is, you know, an industry leader in this. Maybe we should talk a little bit about that and how that's adding to this whole puzzle.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So for those that uh, you know either haven't uh, read up or maybe uh, haven't seen it, but VMware acquired uh, made the announcement to their intent to acquire Cloud Health back at VMworld uh, US last year. And uh, that was an exciting time, right? Um, CloudHealth is the industry leader in, in what you would refer to as public cloud management. Um, and, and the best part was, I thought it was kind of interesting, Pat Gelsinger, when he, when he made the announcement um, that VMware was gonna acquire CloudHealth, he, he stated not only to the VMworld audience, but obviously to analysts and to the industry, and really to VMware in, in terms of our own employees, um, we are gonna use CloudHealth to build the, the multi-cloud management platform of the future. And and so, you know, CloudHealth is, is managing today about 8 billion um, in, uh, in public cloud spend or assets, if you want to uh, put it in that term. And that's a lot of spend um, uh, from, a, from a yearly basis, right? Um, we, we could do comparisons of, of $8 billion in the public cloud versus some of the others in the industry. But you know what, VMware has been um, really, I would say every step uh, of the way has been ahead of the industry, right? Whether it's for the acquisition of NYSERA, Um, The acquisition of VeloCloud, I I know, you know, we could, you know, let's not forget our friends at AirWatch, right? VMware has been um, changing the industry uh, for the past, you know, 15, 20 years. And so it's exciting to now, you know, as we we talk about cloud health and we talk about the public cloud, this was really just that next phase. And so uh, really excited about what we're doing with cloud health. Yeah,
1: interesting, so when we talk about cloud health, I know obviously it works on, on AWS, I don't know if it works on Azure, I don't know if it works on IBM Cloud, but then I also look and say, okay, what about my internal private cloud? Are you guys looking at that reaching out into my own data center to start managing a true hybrid space? Because I know that it really wasn't about my internal cloud yet. How will, how far are we along the journey of making it be kind of the, the managing all my cloud expenses, yeah, including mention, my private?
0: Not to mention VMware
2: Cloud and AWS, right? Yep absolutely and 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 one of the fun things about this and i i think everybody's a little shocked when we say this but uh cloud health really from the point of acquisition uh it's fully supported uh, amazon web services uh google cloud as well as microsoft azure um as well as the data center and so um the the fun part about this is when we when we look at cloud health and we look at kind of this idea of multi-cloud management right there's no such thing as you know, a perfect workload for every cloud. We we truly understand that developers are going to build utilizing maybe particular services in those clouds. And so what CloudHealth has done is really bring all of that together. And and so as of today, uh, the VMware hybrid cloud is supported um, and what uh, CloudHealth is traditionally referred to as the data center module. Um, The data center module is absolutely there, too. It's an OVA, OVF. Um, you plug it in your vSphere environment. You start collecting the uh, the information and the data, uh, and then bring it back into the SaaS platform. the 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 fun part about this is our goal is not only to continue to enhance AWS, Azure, Google support, but take what VMware has built. Um, if I go back to you know 2010 in the cloud management space, right? VMware has um, the number one what we would refer to as cloud management platform for the hybrid cloud. In in the vRealize suite, uh, whether it's vRealize Operations and vRealize Automation, and so um, we're actually taking really the best of VMware from a hybrid cloud perspective, uh, and taking the best of Cloud Health and the public cloud and bringing it together. And uh, obviously, the journey there from a product and uh, integration perspective has just begun, uh, but really excited about some of the enhancements that have been made. Um, and so, you know, Cloud Health is is really kind of bringing that all together.
1: So one of the questions that strikes me, and this is obvious isn't, isn't uh, on a script or anything, so you can see if you can handle the question. Um, I look at IT and IT practitioners as one set of people. I see the BU's and BU's spinning up services in these clouds as another set of people. And then I see a, a product like Cloud Health trying to bring these two together. Is there conflict? Uh, are the BU people happy that, that, that you know, Cloud Health comes in and starts trying to manage bu direct expenses how does that play out have you seen any of this
2: yeah uh, this is a this is a challenge for the industry um i think over the you know what's funny is if you think about it in general we'll we'll have you know server side client side server side client side right we, we we've gone through the cyclical history and it's not going to change right we're, we're doing this again and really with the proliferation of the public cloud we had a lot of line of, as you mentioned line of business owners developers you know specific projects teams. They would go out and spin up resources and, and 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 honestly do what they wanted to do. Kind of leaving what we would say is central IT out of the out of, out of the equation. Well, it's expensive, right? In many ways, because they're not technically concerned in, in 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 some situations about what they're spending. Maybe they only their only concern is uh, actually getting the application up and running. Right? It's it's a purview. And so what we've seen with cloud health, and, and it's interesting, actually, some of the data that we've seen, the, the consumers of cloud health um, really, and I say consumers of, of what we know today as a cloud health platform by VMware, is it can be somebody from DevOps. It can be somebody from a business unit, uh, even all the way to R&D. Um, there are so many different groups that are consuming public cloud they're concerned about cost analysis. They're concerned about you know automation governance and security, which we'll talk about. Right. But the key is they they it's, it's almost like a central meeting point. And is there friction? A hundred percent. We understand that. But what what I would say with this idea of friction, um, in most cases, if you don't have friction, you know, you, something's yeah. probably not gonna. Well, and, and I think thing. you
1: hit on a, uh, I think you hit on an important point, which is at least if people, you know, in the business unit are starting to use Cloud Health, right, to manage their compute resource uh, consumption, uh, and they might be just doing that on their own. And then over time, if other groups in a big company do that, at least you have a common language that over time you can kind of get together around. But,
2: Absolutely, and 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 what's funny is the one common language that we see from customers um, is cost is being driven down um, in a lot of ways, right? Whether it's consuming uh, reserve instances from the public clouds or just right sizing uh, is a good example. And so what's funny is at the end of the day, well, we all have objectives and, and goals and in, in, in our, in, in our own things that we need to do is cost is usually the unifier uh, because we all like to save right. money. Uh, we can use those assets to do other things that benefit the organization. And so, um, we're really excited uh, the, the, the way Cloud Health is, uh, is, is helping us yeah. in that direction. Yeah, I, I look at the way we treat social
1: media, and it's the same kind of problem, which is we, yep. let, we let all the BUs and everybody have their own social media teams because you want some of that close. But at the same time, you want to have best practices for everybody. And, and everybody really is happy that we actually have some best practices because it can get expensive, right? Where, yep. And where you're using vendors, you're paying them for a, a ad dollars on Twitter and that kind of stuff. So oh, yes. actually just putting together best practices to help everybody get more for their dollar, and I can see Cloud Health and, and IT groups actually just helping VUs actually come up with best practices around Cloud Health to do that, to manage their
2: expenses. Oh yeah, 100 percent And uh, I think what's interesting is right. we talk about cost management. I just would kind of take this a little bit further. Um, look, Cloud Health is, is the industry leader when it comes to cost management, cost visibility. But one of the other things that we, we started to see as we began, you know, been on this journey, and, and and I think Dan and Bill and I, and, and obviously Guido, as we talked with customers, you know, in 2017 and throughout 2018, is it's really not only about cost, but it, there is a, a, a desire and there is a goal to make sure that their workloads are secure right, and, and compliant and, 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 in a couple of fashions, whether it's um, industry benchmarks, whether it's the, the best practices from a particular vendor, um, even to the point of making changes um, to particular workloads. Um, I, I use this example all the time, Tim Davis. Um, he jokingly, uh, told, so I, I as, a, as a team, I have access uh, to all of the public clouds. I'm, I'm kind of the owner of each of those. And then Tim is my, one of my Azure, you know, one of the, one of the folks that's focused on Azure. Prabhu's got uh, AWS and Sri's got, uh, uh, got Google. And Tim sent, sent me a note one day on Slack saying, hey, can I spin up a workload? And, and honestly, the workload would have cost $10,000 for, for, for a single month. And so what we've seen is customers not only use the cost visibility, uh, but they're now making changes, right? Hey, Tim wanted to spin this up. Sure, let him try it. But you know what? That does not meet our standards or approvals. And so therefore, we're going to automatically shut it down. And, uh, you know, if something is not secure, um, we'll, we'll talk here in just a little bit about a fun story on our team about this. But really the goal with uh, what we're doing within the cloud management space or multi-cloud management is not just cost visibility, but let's focus on governance, automation, security, and really deliver value to the to uh, to the to the business. Whether you're in IT, whether you're an application owner, a line of, you know, a developer, uh, you know, consultant, there's so many different right. areas that we're really trying to bring together.
0: And it is, a uh, John, you want to go? Yeah. I, uh, Sean, I just wanted to like... Uh, something that you said there, which really kind of sparked something in my mind, which is, it's not necessarily about cost reduction or cost control or saying, hey, you're spending too much money. It's really about, can you do the exact same thing that you're doing now, but optimize the cost by by maybe putting things
2: in different ways. Right? 100%. Optimization is key. Um, we, uh, we, we joke all the time that we're gonna try and do a lift and shift or a replatform. And, you know, it, the, the, the joke tends to be we try to do things that are maybe you know unnecessary or unnatural for us for a given application, right? Like who wants to take a monolithic application and make it a microservices application, right? It, it just it's not as easy as it sounds. And so you're right, man. Optimization is key. Let's let's make sure that we as an organization and so everybody is doing things properly um, and secure and within a you know within a, in a, in a within a matter of you know, fiscal governance in, in, some, in some ways.
0: And
1: that's a good transition to government, governance and automation. Uh, why don't we talk a little bit about uh, what does it mean from a governance perspective and, and how does cloud health get into that automation as well?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I mentioned the, uh, the fun use case of, uh, of, of Tim winning to spin up workloads. That's, that's kind of one example. Another way to look at it, um, Bill Shetty wrote a, a blog post where he utilized cloud health as well as some Lambda functions um, to make you know, what a, 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 a database owner would consider daily, you know, weekly tasks, right? Um, so an example, hey, I've got an RDS instance or a, a Cosmos DB instance inside of, uh, of Azure AWS, and maybe it hasn't been backed up, right? Or, or, or maybe it's uh, got some you know, form of an encryption issue, which kind of bleeds into the security side. But really with the governance, we really want to make sure our customers are aware of um, and then ultimately make changes, right, whether it's based on a cost function, whether it's based on a, a security and compliance area. But we really take governance um, from within the Cloud Health Platform and and try to remedy or make changes based upon some set of policy. And so it's just one of the ways that VMware is uh, is working in that space.
0: Right.
1: And that makes a lot of sense because in. If you're if you're got stuff on AWS, I know because I run stuff out there. There is absolutely no governance, and one of these days I'm <laughs> going to get bit, right?
2: Yep, no question. <laughs> uh, I've I've got a story on that, um, and uh, my team thinks I'm crazy for even bringing this up, but I'll go ahead and do it because it it fits in this idea of, of public cloud security. We, we so, live in
1: crazy land here a lot, so go for it. Oh yes,
2: yeah. so uh, uh, when when I tweeted that I was going to mention this, uh, Dan was like, "Man, why are you even doing it?" So. I'll, I'll give a little bit of an idea. So our team, we obviously have public cloud accounts and uh, utilize GitHub from a repository perspective, doing things in Terraform, you know Jenkins, uh, a lot of a lot of infrastructure as code. I'll um, obviously you know development that we do in there. And in one case, uh, I want to be clear, I didn't actually put Dan's um, AWS shared keys um, in this particular repository. Um, they were in there by another individual. Not going to name them by name, but I'm the one who hacked it, it, and I'm the one who made it public. And within minutes, uh, Dan's account was compromised, and it was simply because I put uh, I put AWS shared keys in a public GitHub repository. Right, those are the types of things that happen each and every day with our customers, and uh, whether it's on purpose, sorry, Dan, or on accident. Um, this is something we're definitely working on and, and, and looking to help our customers with.
1: Right. And when you're talking an enterprise you know where they've got millions of dollars on the line, I mean, what we're doing is marketing activities and social activities. <laughs> you know, if we mess up, it's embarrassing, but it's not like we've just cost a million dollars a minute because our SAP thing got compromised. <laughs> but when you're in the enterprise, if you're running AWS services and you are running oh, yeah. production environments where it is business critical, um, that that gets very expensive, and you can lose your job. So having compliance and governance
2: is 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 key. Right? Yeah, hundred percent. And and if we think about it, even in, in our case, right, um, our environment, we did have some functioning workloads. We're, we weren't making money off of those workloads, right? It wasn't the we weren't trying to run a business off of the uh, the uh, the workloads that we had in AWS. But uh, but to be honest with you, if you think about our customers, um, the 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 number of breaches. Um, that we hear about each and every day. I think I read something this morning that Facebook has been uh, exposing cu- customer passwords in plain text, right? Uh, you know, I, we've heard stories of, uh, of 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 S3 buckets that are open and publicly accessible on Amazon, or or Google buckets is another example, right? Um, when I started building the uh, the Beyond Virtual website. And we do a, a little bit of hosting inside of Google Buckets. And I was getting really concerned about, hey, are my permissions set properly? But I'm not, you know, in my case, I'm not trying to make money off of this. I'm not trying to keep proprietary information or or, or personal information right. secure. And uh, so really the, the goal behind, you know, expanding this cloud health vision or expanding the multi-cloud vision is is really to help our customers keep on top of things, stay secure, make sure that we're all aware and, and ultimately remedy those things if we need to
1: yeah it, it does bring a, a good point on the multi-cloud strategy where you really need this because uh, I you know I have services that I run in a cage in San Jose right and, and a buddy of mine I mean, just we have fun with it we're not making any money on any other stuff but uh, he went and did you know to, did a port analysis right like how many attacks do we get per day and it's like <laughs> thousand a day right and you're just like Oh, you know, like, then you have to go through and, you know, lock everything down. Now, imagine when we take some of that and I uh, move it over to AWS, where you've just got bots that are targeting AWS routes and domains, right? Like, oh, yeah. now all of a sudden, the globe is attacking you because now you're exposed on a public cloud where you're just a bigger target, right? And that, that becomes an issue. It almost makes me think I need to pull some of my stuff down because I'm just leaving everything to exposure. And yeah, I'm not making
2: money here, but it is a real issue. Right. hundred percent. What I, what I put up there. Yeah. hundred percent. What's, what's, what's interesting in in I guess it was VMworld 2017 VMworld 2018, you know, we actually, as a team had apps that we built and we're utilizing and uh, we, 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 we opened up some of them um, to to, to really articulate um, security posture issues within the public cloud. Um, and in some cases, we're actually doing communication between public cloud and hybrid cloud. But what's funny is we use Network Insight or VRealize Network Insight, and it actually showed us within minutes um, that we were getting connections from any and everywhere in the globe. Uh, and so, if you have an open port, if you have some you know vulnerability um, that, that can be mitigated in, in a pretty you know easy fashion, um, that's definitely those things that we're focused on and uh, really look, you know excited about. Um, you know, as VMware is, is kind of branching out, I think Pat said this week, um, that, uh, you, know, we, we, you know, from a security perspective, this is where we are going, this is who we are. Um, and this is just another example, you know, obviously outside of NSX, uh, uh, of what we're doing to, to help our customers in this space.
0: John, I know that we acquired another company in the last year, uh, Cloud Corio. Is, that, yep. are, is any of their technology, um, you know, they, it was all about uh, governance uh, and security policies in the public cloud. Is that getting yeah. stitched in and, and folded in?
2: Yeah, no, no, good, good, uh, good catch there. So uh, what we now know as secure state or VMware secure state is uh, what, what we had at the time known as the Cloud Corio assets. Um, and so we, we did acquire Cloud Corio. guess it's about uh, a year ago now. And uh, Jason and team have been um, really rebuilding, um, replatforming um, their solution, uh, and and it's uh, I'm really excited about it. Right, uh, we have uh, it's in beta format today. Uh, we kind of made this general you know announcement, I guess, at the same time uh, as the uh, CloudHealth um, Cloud Health acquisition, where CloudCoreo was available in kind of an a, an early release, and we've got some really good customers using it today. Uh, VMware IT is a consumer of it as well. Uh, and and so secure state really is is kind of this secondary you know step. Um, you know cloud health has already done some security and compliance type of uh, work within their platform, and really secure state is an enhancement to and and an addition to uh, what the cloud health platform. And it really is kind of this broader picture uh, of building a multi-cloud management platform. Um, and, and you know, I'm excited about where the teams are going, how they're working together, and so you're going to see some fun stuff between the Cloud Health and, and the Secure State teams. Um, but remember, it's all a part of the VMware Cloud Services, so it's a, it's an exciting time for us.
1: So I know we've touched on a lot of little topics here, right? You know, you have you know compliance, governance, automation, security. Um, are we talking all Cloud Health? Is this is this is, this, is this your starting point? I know there are multiple parts, but I'm just I'm just curious. Are we talking cloud uh, cloud health when we're really attacking this?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, so, from a VMware perspective, and I think this is then articulated whether it's from Pat um, when the announcements were made, follow-ups from Joe Cancella, the, the the founder and CTO of Cloud Health, um, even to um, you know things that were mentioned inside of you know VMware's own uh, sales kickoff and and technical summit a few weeks ago, and then obviously what we've been telling the analysts, um, cloud health is and I could, you know, paraphrase or quote Pat directly. That's Pat Gelsinger. That cloud Health is the multi-cloud management platform of the future for VMware. And obviously, we'll bring together the best of vRealize. We'll bring the, you know, the best of the hybrid cloud, and really, you know, bring to fruition this, this, this next phase of uh, of cloud management at VMware. And, you know, having joined VMware in 2010 when when the when the cloud management business unit took off. And uh, we made a couple of acquisitions and, and now seeing where we're at today, it's just an exciting time and really the evolution uh, of where VMware is going and, and becoming a, uh, a multi-cloud company.
1: Okay, that answers that. Then uh, my next question is how do we integrate that back into v, you know vCenter and now yep. I got panes of glass and what, what, where, what's the vision of the stuff going forward? Maybe yeah absolutely completely about that that's yeah we'll thinking, we'll, we'll be still. careful
2: here um i, I think uh, I'll, I'll you know i'll state as much you know as publicly available right um this is in by no means vmware ignoring you know vSphere. um cloud health already supports the data center today um, but the easiest way to put it uh we are going to take the cloud health platform and really the best of the cloud platform plus the best of the vRealize platform, and really bring it together for our customers, right? If you think about what we've done with vRealize, whether that's the um, on-premises hypervisor, whether it's NSX, vSAN, uh, as, and an ESXi, plus what we're doing in our VMware cloud provider program, like the, v, the VCPP space, that's the IBM clouds, um, that's the you know thousands of other uh, partners that we've got there, as well as VMware cloud on AWS, right? Cloud Health is going to bring really all of those, uh, what would you say, individual infrastructure points, and bring that data, bring in the information into. And I hate the term single pane of glass, but I'll use it, or lightly use it here. We'll we'll consume the data, and Cloud Health is going to become the the really the data and collaboration layer, right? Bringing together infrastructure pieces, bringing together application metrics and visibility logging, security, right? There's so many All right. ways All right. Good, good, it.
1: good. I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to cut you off because <laughs> I got that message now. You answered the question.
2: My next I can
0: keep one going. going ask,
1: right. My next one <laughs> I'm going to ask is I always like this. Okay, so I'm running, you know, a handful of VMs on AWS. I have my own vSphere, you know, down in Iraq. It, uh, I'm v expert. I'm a little guy. I got my own lab, whatever. How do I go get, you know, cloud health? What's the best way to do this? How much is it going to cost me? Because I'm thinking, okay, I should probably go turn this thing on and start using it just as a, a home labber kind of guy. Um, right. try it. Yeah, I, how do I get started with this? And uh, how much is it going to cost me if I've got 10, you know, cloud, you know, I basically got 10 machines running stuff. Uh, what's the entry point here?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'll answer the kind of couple, of couple of parts. Number one, um, the way cloud Health is, is actually purchased and acquired, um, it is software as a service. Um, and, 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 and what's interesting is it's actually a percentage of your cloud spend. So if you're spending $100,000 a year, right, we're actually going to, you know, ask for a, a percentage of that, uh, uh, of that spend. Um, that is, I'm not in sales, so I'm not going to sit here and give any, uh, you know, specific answers, that's just kind of the easiest way to put it. Um, but as far as utilizing cloud help or consuming cloud help, so there, there is not a notion today of kind of a wide open, you know, trial and use type of methodology. Um, there is some actual right. interaction with our cloud health team. Um, there are a few reasons behind that, right? This is not just a standard, you know, perpetual license. I'll stop you there. I'll stop you there. Yep. Uh, just because I want to apply
1: to a real world girl. So if, I, if I'm my, I think my AWS bill right now is like, you know, three grand a quarter, right? So that's, that's a grand a month, right? Yep. To, to run various, my, my shadow IT org, that's what I call it. But it's not because my IT knows what I'm doing, I think, mostly.
0: So that, therefore, if it.
1: it's 10%, if it's 10% cost of my $1,000 a month, then I'm going to spend a $100, and I can manage that cost just based on how much I'm 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 monitoring and managing, right? So if I want to get involved at a lower price point, but uh, yeah, I'm assuming it's probably not more than ten percent to manage my AWS cost, but uh, maybe it's less, maybe it's more. You're not a salesman, but then I could just decide how much I want to manage, and that should be able to manage my monthly cost.
2: Right. Correct. What's What's funny is at VMworld last year, uh, actually in, in Europe specifically, is we were talking with. Uh, Cloud Health customers, just kind of getting to know them um, on multiple occasions, they would say, Yeah, we paid for Cloud Health um, and had some, you know, plenty left over because of the savings that Cloud Health provided, right? So there's a lot of ways to look at that. Mm, Our teams right. Are, are, right. Are, are really good at, uh, at, at, at really helping and exposing that.
0: Right, so
1: so in a real sense, uh, to all of you V experts out there listening, you could go out and take t- take this for a test drive, and you know you're going to spend a little bit of money, but it's not going to go crazy because as long as you're managing what services you're managing, uh, and maybe if you're lucky, you'll you'll save a, a little bit of dollars on um, on the dollar spend that you are spending with the cloud because it's going to it's going to look at that. So Corey, you know that V expert app that we got running. Maybe we spin up a little bit of Cloud Health here just to get some visibility on
0: sure. what we're consuming. Yeah, yeah. I always—it's interesting because uh, Sean, the way that you're describing it, it makes me think—you know—at the scale that a home lab person is operating, they have—they can hold everything that they're doing in their brain, right? They can write it all and the structure oh, yeah. down on a paper and map it all out, and maybe they can even map out the security policies and and how. They want different things accessed. So I have these two S3 buckets open, and these are the policies that I want on them, and I can hold it all in my head that the the time that this starts to feel like really useful is when you can't hold it in your head, when you need 12 people in a room, and it takes a week for them to map out everything on a whiteboard. and and they still get it wrong because yeah. somebody's still right. to the last minute and, is, you know, and I, this, yeah right?
1: i absolutely know that cloud health for me isn't about me uh managing my small amount of but what i want to do is enable the experts to go learn this tool uh, yeah. and learn how to yeah. use it without without it costing them five thousand dollars a month because we've had <laughs> issues on aws oh yeah and aws where something up it gets out of control and the v experts are calling me going you got to forgive this bill because it's co- it cost yeah. me $5,000 in the two month yep. period so in a real sense I want me to be clear to all our listeners that in this case that's not one of those that you can right. go test this out and it's not because you're trying to manage what you're running in your private lab it's about the ability to learn a new product right. learn how this works and put this <clears> on your resume <throat> get it under your back. so when you're going out interacting with customers you can say, Oh yeah, I've, I've used this, I know how it works, I, I'm I've become an expert at
0: this as well. And to
2: right. yep. me,
0: that's the valuable problem. At,
2: at least yeah. in my
0: it, mind, it, It's about, you know, hey, I I I now I know how it works and I know where it's a perfect use yeah. in my day job. Right. Right. Exactly. And uh, it, and when somebody comes and says, Hey, how are we going how how much are we spending? What what can yeah. we do to maybe, you know, figure some of yeah. this out and get a handle on it, then boom, well I've already tried this here's the sample environment that I have up and running, sure. here's how it'll help us. Yeah, I absolutely see that. I'm sorry, Sean, I, I interrupted No,
2: you. no, 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 it's, it's fine. I, I think what's funny is if you think about this, um, I, I do not want to forget, right, VMware does have uh, a couple of ways for you to at least understand and learn this technology without having to go through a, you know, what you call a full blown trial process, right? Obviously, we've got hands on labs, so we're going to continue to enhance that. I know our team, we produce content specifically in this space, as well as the cloud health team. So. Um, we're re- really willing to listen, um, and I think you'll see some things from us. Uh, remember, originally, ARKIN or now Network Insight was not a part of the, uh, the V-Expert program at the beginning, right? We figured that out. So we'll continue to uh, to explore those options and, uh, and do right by the community.
1: Yeah, I was at the leadership conference, and uh, Pat was talking, and uh, I, I forget who else was also on the stage, but I got up in line because I wanted to ask them directly in front of the 800 leaders that were there, which is senior directors and above, VPs, I want to ask them, do they have any solution for cloud services? Because Pat is talking about getting out in front of the cloud services wave and making this happen for 2020, Uh, and my question was, okay, great. We've had licenses for V-experts how do I get all of the experts, you know, consumption-based trials for all of our cloud services going forward? Because I think it is a critical thing that we have to solve for our (coughs) practitioners who want to get exposure to these things. And yeah, you can go take a hands-on lab. Uh, I think cloud health has a model that I can just, you know, get started at a very low cost. And as long as it's manageable, that's exactly what we want. But I want to go through all our cloud services. I'm going to ask everybody that comes on the podcast, (laughs) <laughs> okay how are we solving this what are we doing how do we and vmc and ios is really hard when to crack because you you basically get a big a data center offering right now and it's expensive yeah. and so it does cost a couple thousand dollars every month to have machines yep. in this virtual data center but in the cl- case of cloud health there's no reason why all of us shouldn't have an account activated and you know, and you're caught. In that. Same thing with Wavefront. Wavefront only charges me based on the number of things I'm monitoring. So if I'm only monitoring a, a couple sensors on my Raspberry Pi, it's delivering it cost yeah. me like a buck a month. Right? right. So there's no reason why the expert can't go just get an account, set it up and start using it to learn the interfaces and to learn the narrative and how it works uh, so you can, you can be an expert on it. Uh, so Cloud Health is in that bucket, Wavefront is in that bucket, and so I'm happy with that because yeah. there's a solution yep. for multiple dollars a month, which is certainly in every expert's budget, to be able to get that exposure. I don't have to have Corey <clears> give you a free license. You just go get it set up and it's gonna cost you a couple dollars a month, no big deal, yeah. go do it, yeah. Nope, very, nice. very fair. All right. So beyond virtual blog, uh, why don't we talk a little bit about that? we we got maybe another, you know, 10 minutes. We got a little bit of a late start. So we still have a few more minutes left. I always like to talk about, you know, how do people go follow you, learn about you? And you guys do have kind of your own property called beyond virtual.io. So let's talk about that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm the uh, I don't know why uh, I drew the short stick, but I am the webmaster, creator, content owner of Beyond Virtual. Uh, as well as the, uh, the the Twitter handle and all that good stuff, uh, but no, we the, don't the, the let reality... you on the show. We don't let
1: you on the show unless you run
2: things and do things. You know, I, I, you
1: know, no, <laughs> I, you I, you know
2: okay. my team would argue that I do nothing. Um, but hey, that's that, that's their problem. No, um, we would argue that as... if
1: you're in Texas, you do nothing. But that's oh, wow, well, Eric, over oh, the cheap shot. Wow. Other I, than making Really know, great
2: barbecue. That's, wow. that's a to Tommy Berry who loves Texas to death. <laughs> there I you go. Like on, or, no, no, yeah. T- Tommy's in Texas. Yeah. Tommy will get back here at some point. Um, so so let, let, let's talk a little bit about this. So obviously we wanted to have our own medium, uh, really a way for, yes, the name beyond virtual does have a, have a. some people see it as a negative connotation. I actually disagree with that. Um, we are in no way forgetting the VMware heritage. What, what got us here, how we've been, you know, Really, this journey that VMware has been on. Uh, but to to be clear, if you go ask a developer, uh, if you go ask a, um, a a cloud, you know, specialist, uh, and I mean public cloud, when they see VMware, they they tend to just stop and and kind of ignore. Um, they do not believe anything uh, specifically um, that 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 you know VMware is doing is relevant to them in the space. Right? i I've, I've gone to AWS summits for the past couple of years. I, I've, I've, I've heard that from customers right so the notion beyond virtual is really to help our customers understand um, that we are doing things far beyond just traditional VSphere right there's you know 20 you know 20,000 VMware employees that are focused on on, on, on on what we know and love at VMware right and there's a small group of us that are focused beyond the virtual space right so um, there is a uh, you know a, our goal our content is really to help our customers, um know that we're focused on the public cloud we're focused on cloud native right uh, i mentioned or uh, you mentioned kind of the blog one of the blogs that we have out there or that, that i wrote specifically was a, a, about security and the public cloud right um everybody if you've if you've been around security you've heard of cis benchmarks and and the center for internet security right and and one of the things that i have always tried to take when we're talking security and compliance is get past this white paper or this gigantic you know, paper stack that says, here's all of my security controls. Here's everything that has to be done. And, and it's almost overwhelming. I've always referred to that as weekend reading material. That's really what that is. It does not do me any good to take this you know, PDF, this book, if you want to call it that, it says, here is everything you need to do in AWS. Here's everything you need to do in Google. Here's everything you need to do on premises or whatever it may be. Um, I wanted to help articulate that this idea of weekend reading is not that great. But if you take what, what VMware is doing, what our solutions, what we as a team are doing, is really helping bring security into the forefront. I'll, I'll give a shout out to, to Hadar uh, from, from our team, right? Hadar is, has been, uh, or not from our team, but from the VMware team. Um, Hadar has been really at the forefront working with our NSX customers, working with our customers in general, to ensure security and compliance, right? There's many more I could I could bring up, but ma- you know, making security practical, making security and compliance and governance a practical part of your everyday life, and that's what I'm really excited about. Not only secure state, but cloud health and some of the other things that we're doing that really drive the practicality of security. Um, preventing me from putting my keys up on or Dan's keys up on GitHub, right? There's a lot of ways to look at that, and so. You know, whether it's our blog, whether it's that specific blog, we're really trying to build content that is for our customers, that is different, maybe in a lot of ways than traditional, and and focusing on areas that are not uh, accustomed to our V experts, accustomed to our VMware, even our VMware employees, right? So it's very different for us.
1: Very nice, very nice. Um, okay, so great. You have a property. What is your 2020 or 20, we call it 2019, but it's Phys calendar physical year 2020 what's on your uh, get done this year kind of roadmap and are you going to be places uh, around. Are you doing any kind of events. Uh, I know if you'll probably be at VM world. I don't know if you've gotten any papers yet. That's still kind of early. Oh, yeah. What's your 20 what's your 2019 look like for the rest of the year. What are you trying to accomplish.
2: Uh, so first thing is you can always find me on Twitter. Sorry, Eric. Yeah. Uh, or you can yep, find there you me, <laughs> uh, Or you can find me in an airport, uh, jumping on an American Airlines flight. <laughs> no. Um, the, the the reality is our team, not even just just myself, I want to be clear, our team, um, we are submitting call for papers for a variety of shows, uh, events, whether that is traditional VMware shows, an ecosystem, or even into uh, things like in devops, right uh, or, or or public cloud, right? So our team, We'll be at DevOps Days, we'll be at Meetups. Uh, I think uh, we've got a couple of Meetups working with the code team here in the next few months, which I'm excited about. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be at Amazon's uh, Web Services. My, The rest of my team will be at uh, at Google Cloud Next. I will be in Singapore for an AWS Summit, right? We are everywhere, uh, in, in a sense, talking about public cloud, talking about cloud native, right? We'll be at KubeCon, whether it's EMEA or US and some of the other events. So. We are here, um, we are always available online, always willing to talk to uh, to folks and really excited about what, uh, what what the year holds for us. All right, so we
1: have a little uh, audio sketchy there. Why don't you repeat your Twitter handle? I heard most of that, but we missed the Twitter
2: handle. No, that's fine. It's at the Sean O'Dell, the Sean O'Dell. There's a whole story behind that. Um, and I, yeah, I couldn't get the real.
1: F-E-A-N-O-D-E-L-L. You got uh, it. T h e s e a n o d e l l and uh, and then uh, you know just a shout out there to Tim Davis. You know Texas uses uh,
2: too much sauce. Uh, oh, wow. So I so so <gasps> here's what's funny, Eric. I'm uh, actually going to agree with you, man. Good barbecue or good meat does not need sauce. That's exactly right. But then I'm from Southern
1: California, down there in Santa Maria land, where you know, they grow really happy, yummy cows versus Texas, who, you know, the cows are a little depressed. Wow. So you got wow. to them up there in Texas, where wow. Eric in is, California Eric, we have happy meeting, happy cows. You don't need salt. Man. Looking so, so so here's the, Twitter
2: message. Eric, it. I think you have just acknowledged that we are going to have a special episode uh, specifically talking food or dorks with forks and barbecue. Well, and we're, yeah, we are. Yeah, I don't know if you, you know this,
1: that. but. You don't probably know this, but at every we start the show with the Bay Color of the Bay report, and we always end it with a little V barbecue. And so this is more like a V barbecue throwdown, no right? Because yeah. Tim, <laughs> Tim, Tim on Twitter just now tweeted out, you know, oh, we're, we're at
2: war. So hey, wow. look, everybody wants to be like the great state of Texas. It's 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 an envy problem. I I'm sorry. I get I, you I, though.
1: I, we don't get to wear a cowboy hat, and we certainly don't have the the the, the Dallas Cowboys. But,
2: you know, uh, I, I've never it. worn I'm a bad. cowboy hat. Not me, never.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're we're actually supposed to head down to Texas uh, in October for a wedding of a friend, and uh, and we're going to try to line it up with going to Jerry World and and, and seeing a Dallas Cowboys
2: football game. I'm not, I'm not a Cowboys won. fan either.
1: So I'm, like, I'm not a Cowboys fan. I kind of like Cowboys, but that's a different story. But it, it's on my bucket list just to go do that. Yeah, exactly. It. I just got to get down there and do that. Because so, I'm a multi-state person. So it's good. So, Sean O'Dell, thanks for coming on the podcast. It's great to see you. I love the Zoom that we got you on camera. That's a lot more fun than just trying to hear you on audio. Uh, if you want to, uh, guys, and you're watching, thanks for being. Check out our YouTube channel yeah, don't uh, forget on to, uh, Facebook.
0: Uh, uh, that like yeah. button, and
1: uh, that like button. that you can actually subscribe the podcast says vmw.re slash pod uh, you can follow that and you will get notified when we're doing our next podcast so they have a notification by email now so that's also good so sean thanks a lot we appreciate it it's been a lot of fun man thanks a lot
2: absolutely guys and uh, thanks to julia for helping out on the back end too
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a team. We will be back here again next week. We got some more of Bill Shetty's great advocates coming online over the next month or two. Plus, we have some more experts and VMUG stuff going on. We're going to be hitting some more VMUG. So a lot of fun, Corey. Uh, we're going to have a fun year. Yeah, huh? absolutely. Yep, absolutely. With that, we'll let everybody go. We're going to hit the big red stop button now. And until then, next week, hope you got some good California barbecue and we'll see you again next
2: week. Texas barbecue. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, kidding. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> what? Yeah.